Welcome to Digging Deep with Pastor Yemi and Pastor Dayo Ogunsaya. On today's series, we'll be teaching from the book of Romans. Are you ready to go deeper into God's word? Join us weekly as we go into the book of Romans, chapter by chapter. Now, here we go, digging deep into Romans. Our Father in heaven, we bless you. Amen. Tana Rock of Ages, we worship you. Thank you for life. Thank you for preservation. Thank you for provision. Thank you for making it possible for us to be back with your people tonight. Thank you for what you are set to reveal to us tonight. Thank you for the ones you have revealed and the grace to put them to practice. Tonight we open up ourselves, O oh Lord, for fresh revelation Amen. from your truth. Amen. Open the eyes of our understanding. Amen. Quicken, yes, Lord. give us ability, utterance in the spirit. Amen. And at the end of the day, your name alone will be glorified. Amen. And the blessing be ours. For as many as are connected tonight, manifest your presence in Amen. the environment. Amen. Do what only you can do, sir. Amen. In Jesus' marvelous name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Um, we are back in the book of Romans. The book of Romans, uh, uh, last week we move on to chapter 2. So we started chapter 2 last week. And um, we are going to continue with that today. But uh, just a little recap of what uh, we have done, especially in chapter 2. Mm -hmm. uh, the book remains the f one of the 13 uh, epistles written by Paul, the apostle, uh, in around AD 57 to 58. Uh, uh, it was written uh, and in Corinth and sent through one of our beloved uh, sisters, sisters <laughs> Sister Phoebe. Uh, and then the main, uh, the main purpose of the book, again, so because when you, so we are looking at the book from these three perspectives. Uh, number one, that the good news of Jesus, the letter is about the good news. It's not a bad news. It's a good news to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And uh, Paul, because it's the good news, is using the good news to do what? To uh, explain or to make us aware of the liberating power in the gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel is a good news and it has inherent power to set us free from whatever the enemy has put around us. Secondly, Paul wrote this letter to communicate a very important point about the grace and the glory of God. Mm -hmm. That when you talk of grace, you are talking of the glory, which is the power, the beauty, the majesty of God. They are all wrapped up in the gospel. Uh, and thirdly, uh, it, the, the, the letter to the Romans also explained the depth of the love of God mm -hmm. and what should be our response to God's love. The coming of Jesus, the passion of Jesus, the resurrection of Christ, his ascension, and his sitting in heaven is all based on love. Mm. 
because the Father loves us. And even he's coming back. He's coming back again. It's based on love. The width of it, how deep it is. And then how do I respond? Hmm. God is, is counting on us to respond positively that he is a good God and he loves us. So that's basically the three lenses with which we are looking at this book of Romans. Uh, last week, we began to look at the first 16 verses mm-hmm. in chapter 2. Uh, we are going to go back there, but some of the things, we, the major thing we outlined last week is that the judgment of God is going to be based on three parameters. Mm-hmm. And those three parameters are set. They are, they, are, they are unchanging. Number one is that God is true. The, truth. the truthfulness of God. God is true. True yesterday, true today, true tomorrow. Number two, the impartiality of God. God is not a respecter of person. Mm-hmm. He loves me just as much as he loves you. So, and he's going to give to each of us what we, according to our doings. Mm. And number three, the judgment has been committed to the hand of Jesus. Christ. The son is the one that's going to judge. So that's, those are the three parameters upon which the judgment, either for those outside the church or those already in the church, are go, is going to be based on. Mm-hmm. We are not going to be judged, you are going to heaven, but we are going to be judged for rewards. For rewards. Yeah. Those that have not received Jesus, they will be judged on their rejection of Jesus. Those are the ones going to hell. Uh-huh. Or those that, some of them will have to go through tribulation mm. and get saved by fire. <laughs> but we are not, we already crossed that mile. Mm-hmm. But our reward in heaven is going to be based on what we have done in the body. And that's what, those are the things. So we are bringing this letter, we are looking at it in, uh, 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 from individual perspective. Mm-hmm. That now that we are born again, what are the things that should be found with us? What are the things, should, what should be our focus? How should we be behaving? Those are the things we are looking at now. And then Pastor Dario is going to help us. We are going to read that 16 verses again. So, uh, Pastor, which translation are you using? Uh, tonight we are going to be reading from the Passion Translation. Okay. And I will be reading Romans chapter 2, verses 1 to 16. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have Passion Translation, just listen so you can... Um, it's even going to be on the screen. Okay, it would be on the screen, on your screen at home. Amen. No matter who you are, before you judge the wickedness of others, you had better remember this. You are also without excuse. For you too are guilty things they do. You condemn yourself. We know that God's judgment falls upon those who practice these things. God is always right because he has all the facts. And no matter what you think you, who you think you are, when you judge others who do these things and then do the same things yourself, what makes you think that you would escape God's judgment? Mm. Do the riches of his extraordinary kindness make you take him for granted and despise him? Haven't you experienced how kind and understanding he has been to you? Don't mistake his tolerance for acceptance. Do you realize that all the worth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you into repentance. But because of your calloused heart and refusal to change direction, you are piling up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath 
when God's judgment, when God's righteous judgment is revealed. For he will give to each one in return for what he has done. For those living in constant goodness and doing what pleases him, seeking an unfading glory and honor and imperishable virtue will experience eternal life. But those governed by selfishness and self-promotion embrace unrighteousness will experience the fullness of wrath. Anyone who does evil can experience can expect tribulation and distress to the Jew first and also to the non-Jew. But when we do what pleases God, we can expect unfading glory, true honor, and a continual peace to the Jews first and also to the non-Jew. For God sees us all without partiality. When people who have never been exposed to the laws of Moses commit sin, they will still perish for what they do. And those who are under the law of Moses and fail to obey it are condemned by the law. For it's not merely knowing the law that makes you right with God, but doing all that the law says that will cause God to pronounce you innocent. For example, whenever people who don't possess the law as their birthright commit sin, it still confirms that a law is present in their conscience. For when they instinctively do what the law requires, that becomes a law to govern them, even though they don't have the Mosaic law. It, de it, demonstrates, it demonstrates that the requirements of the law are woven validates this law in their heart. Their thoughts correct them in one instance and comment them in another. So this judgment will be revealed on the day when God, through Jesus the Messiah, judges the hidden secrets of people's hearts. And their response to my gospel will be the standard of judgment used in that day. Amen. Amen. What amazing passages of Bible. Huh. Let's go back to the beginning. Chapter 2, verse 1. And then... Um, Let's just pick it up from there so that it can flow. Um, it says, no matter who you are, before you judge the wickedness of others, you had better remember this. You are also without excuse. For you, are, for you two are guilty of the same kind of things. When you judge others, and then do the same things they do, you now condemn yourself or you put yourself under the judgment of God. We have been saved from the penalty of sin. We have been redeemed from the... Uh, align ourselves with the judgment, the wrath of God that is coming on sin by our... Uh, setting the standard against ourselves on indirectly. That's what part of what we talked about last week. He said, uh, one, let's, let's reestablish some of the things said. God is not judging people. God loves people. Even the ones that said, I don't believe in God today, God loves them. For John 3, 16 said, for God so loved the world. He loved the Christian. He loved the Muslim. 
He loved the, the Hindus. He loved everybody. But, but, there is a but. They have to respond in his own way to his love. And so, God is not judging people. God is judging the wickedness or the unresponsiveness of God. The hardness, the hardening of our heart to his, to his precepts, to his leadings, to his guidance, to his call upon our life. So, uh, let's set that. Now, we are talking to Christians tonight. I believe we are talking to those who have received Jesus as their Lord. So, we are not talking about those who said no to Jesus. Let's look at us. Uh, I, I, I must, I, I, I begin to see that for me to judge somebody, to be quick to judge, uh, I have to look at myself first. Now, there are, I found two scriptures. First, um, uh, first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 10, verses 11 to 12. Uh, this is what Paul said to the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse 11. He said, now all these things happen to them as examples. What we are reading tonight is an example to us. He said, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the end of the ages have come. But verse 12 now says, therefore, therefore, based on what is written, Romans chapter 12, uh, chapter 2, that's written, that we are reading and studying. He said, let him who thinks he stand, take heed, lest he fall. Now, one of the things that I've learned over the years is when, oh, this man or this woman is always fighting somebody. It's quick to, it's, one could be quick to say, oh, she has the spirit of uh, strife. Oh, she's just uh, yielding to Satan every time. And then tomorrow, like you were saying last week, somebody crossed me on the, highway. on the highway and I give the middle finger. Both are the same. Now, because in the world, even among Christians, we classify sin. But sin has no classification. Sin is sin by Bible standard. Sin, now, sin is, simply means falling below the standard of God. You can't classify it. Either this person is cursing or I, I, I mean that's giving the middle finger because I was, or I was too much in a hurry. And I'm crossing somebody and I'm impatient with the next driver or my neighbor. I, there are so many things, so many parameters here, so many angles. But the bottom line, the important thing that Paul is telling us here is we need to look at ourselves. Look at ourselves. This thing that this person has done, am I uh, successful? I don't know the English for that. Is this something, is this a, 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 a sin I can commit to? Are you susceptible to uh -huh, That's the English word. Thank you. And then I need to say, okay, I need to guide myself so that I don't find myself in this same situation. Mm. I need, that's what he said, take heed. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't tell, if the moment you say what this person has done is wrong, you set a standard. Yes. You agree that God's standard is right. And now, you have to make sure you don't fall below that standard. Below the standard. 
You understand what I'm saying, man? Mm -hmm. That's what. So this is a wake-up call. I was looking at it this afternoon. I said, Lord, you have to help me because of what you have called me to do. Uh, I, I'm a pastor. And I know I'm not always right. And I deal with people. But I, this is a wake-up call for me that always look at myself. That, okay, how can I, instead of condemning people, we look for ways to help them out. And then guide ourselves from falling into the same, into the same hole. Now, there is a difference in calling people out and correcting them and uh, condemning them. We don't want to condemn, but at the same time, we want to encourage people that there is a better way to do things and that this does not meet God's standard, including some of the things I've done or I've said. So it's not just, I need to, uh, not just looking at what's in other people's eyes, the beam there, uh, the log there. What about the beam in my eyes? So I must always look to myself, Lord. And I believe we were talking and I said, I believe that's why David prayed that prayer. Lord, search me. We need to be conscious of what we do. And this holier than attitude that we can indirectly project. Uh, because given the facts, given the circumstances, you know, I may give a middle finger too to somebody else. So oh God will help us. I want to hear your thoughts on this. You know, uh, the, the man of God said in that verse 1, he says, no matter who you are, mm -hmm. before you judge the wickedness of others, you had better remember this. You are also without excuse. Mm -hmm. For you too are guilty mm -hmm. of the same kind of things. Mm -hmm. And, we, you know, we went back again to look at those kind of things yeah. that these people, the, the people were doing. Mm -hmm. But it's just a very um, simple thing mm. that before, first of all, we don't judge people. Like we mm. said last week, we judge their the, wicked, their the, the wickedness, yeah. the actions that people take. Mm. Yeah, and also, we make sure that we are not all the time picking on people. We are correcting people. Yeah. There's a difference between judging and correcting, just like you have said. You know, correction brings you to a place where you... you, you to change, yeah. to change yeah. the action, to repent, a mm. place of repentance. Mm. Uh, judging people, yes. is, that is, you have already passed judgment that mm. the end has come to that person. Because when you pass it's judgment... It's writing people off. You've written that yeah. person off. Yeah. So, and before, the, the, the man here is saying that before you write people off, before you say, you know what, this person has done the abominable, mm. make sure you too, you are not doing the abominable. Mm. And make sure that you are checking yourself. And I, one thing that I have uh, started to do is, rather than, you know, looking at what others are doing, I constantly look at myself now and make sure that, like you said, you, are, you know, as a pastor, we have the biggest responsibility yeah. of correcting people yeah. day in, day out. Because as, as, as a shepherd to, or as shepherds to sheep, the sheep will go astray. You want to bring them back into the food. Don't go back there. Come back in here. Don't eat that uh, uh, poop that is on the ground. Eat the manure that or whatever it is that we provide. So that's constantly correcting people. Uh, and at the same time, we have we have to be at a higher standard as well. But not even only as Christian, as leaders, as pastors. 
every but every one of us yeah. every child of god yeah. everyone that is born again yeah. has been removed from the low standard our standard is now higher so we are, we are now on a higher, I was, I was telling you that I was talking to, uh, because you are born again, because you are a child of God, you are automatically a leader. You are automatically an influencer, you know. So you, you, you begin now to look at yourself. What would, what, what, what can I do? What can I do better? How can I, you know, you know do life better so that I don't fall into these things mm. that, you know, that we are telling people not to do. Amen, amen. Now, more so if um, uh, these scriptures in, in the TPT said, for you are also without excuse. Now, there is a difference here that the Holy Spirit pointed out to me earlier today. Uh, unbelievers, sinners, sinners are, those are, they are sinners. They sin. So we are not talking about them. That's why. But this was this book was not written to sinners. It was written to believers. Because chapter one made that clear that Paul was not writing to sinners. He was writing to those who have received Jesus. And it's amazing that he could be writing to us and be saying things like this. That means, simply put, we are not there yet. Yeah, we have received Jesus. We are. The body of Christ, we are in him, but it's a call to a higher life. Yes. Like you said, there is a lower life, which Adam put kind of life. Mm -hmm. It's a higher standard. And Jesus made that clear in the, in the, 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 the uh, in, 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 in Matthew. Uh, take, for example, adultery. He said, it is written that to commit adultery with a woman is sin. But he said, no, let me tell you, to even consider it. Think about it. Think about it in your heart. He said, you have sinned. Yes. So that's the new standard. standard. That's the yes. highest standard. Yes. Then how do I now deal with So instead of now, they said, okay, somebody just commit adultery and say, ah, ah, no, let him be, let's stone him. Then I need to check have my thought. Have about I it? thought about it? Mm -hmm. So Jesus is now pointing out the higher standard that no, don't just condemn and criticize somebody that has, that, have, caught. Uh, that has been caught. What about you? What are you doing? Mm. What are you thinking about? Mm. Examine your thoughts. Mm. And I begin to look at it and say, Lord, you have to help me. Because we have, it, this calls for total control, self-discipline and responsibility. Mm. I have to judge my motives and my actions mm. by myself. Before judging others. Mm. So that what I am now judging them, I am not indirectly doing them. Mm. Now, because uh, are you robbing the temple? I was reading it from the Amplified. Now, for me to say, oh, don't steal, and I refuse to pay my tithe. The Bible already said I'm robbing the temple. So, it's the same thing to God. It's the same thing. You might be saying, oh, but it's only tithe is not paid. But God said those who don't pay tithe, they are robbers. Mm. They rob God. So, I may not be robbing bank. But I'm robbing God. You are even doing worse. Worse. So because, because bank is bank, <laughs> but we are robbing God. <laughs> I, I saw this and said, Lord, this is a higher light. Hmm. It's called for diligence. It's called for uh, decorum or what, what is the English. Hmm. Uh, that you need to examine critically my motives and the things I do. Hmm. So that, and if I do that, what is the benefit? Is it to condemn myself? No. 
it will help me to be able to help somebody else. Hmm. Because I say, okay, okay. If there is a way I have been able to deal with an issue personally with myself, then I can help somebody else. But if I have not given deep thought to the higher standard that Jesus is calling us to, it will be easier to think everything is just, oh, it's just those cardinal sins. Mm. You know, religion, we have classified sin. Oh, adultery, stealing, backbiting. Adultery is the biggest one. Then. But God, <laughs> God did not classify sin. God never classified sin. So you just don't, you don't take it that, oh, it's Pastor Yemi. And then we look at the, the impact of some of these things in our interpersonal relationship. First John chapter 5, verse 17. He said, all unrighteousness is sin. This is God's standard. Whatever is not right is sin. And uh, uh, John, uh, James 4, 17. James 4, 17. Uh, Father, take it down for us. Uh, James 4, he said, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. What has God uh, asked you to do? That is good to help somebody to, to do something, even if it's only to pray and you refuse to do it to God, is a, it is a violation of His standard. It is sin. So we are constantly confronted with this thing every day. The Passion Translation says so if you know of an opportunity uh -huh. to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from doing it, you are guilty of sin. You are as guilty as the person that robbed the bank hmm. or the one that committed adultery. Sin is sin. We must get out of this mentality of trying to classify those are the big sin. God, there is no scripture that says these are big sin, these sin, these are middle ones, these are white ones. We even say white lie. Hmm. A lie is <laughs> with those who are going to the lake of fire. Fire, yes. So instead of, now we have made things comfortable, easy for ourselves. Hmm. Oh, it's only a little lie. I just did it. No, 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 no. We must stay away from lying completely. If not, we are as guilty as the person, as uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Mm, mm. So uh, now we begin to see that the standard of God, no human being can do it in their own. We have to constantly depend, depend on, on the Holy Spirit. Mm, mm. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And that's why the scripture we read say is written for our learning. Because we are the ones that God's standard, the high standard mm. has come unto. Mm. Oh, people have told me, I have used it too. Oh, now Abraham lied, Isaac lied. So, no, 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 no. There was no law against lying in the time of Abraham. There was no law against lying in the time of Isaac. But there is a law against lying in my time. The standard has even been raised yeah. by Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't know that then. Uh, we Abraham, use it to... <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, they fell. Yeah. When Adam fell. Yeah. So they were operating on the and that level of. But oh. we are now, Jesus has put us on God's level, yes. God's standard. Yes. And we have to operate from that standard. We can't come here and, uh, and be there and operate here. Mm. It doesn't, somebody that's here. And learning how to operate from here. It's interesting because this sounds, you know, like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? Is it possible to do this? But it depends on the perspective that we are looking yeah. at it. Because, like, we are talking about the standard that we are now. We expect, we, we, I did quite a number of teaching on back to Eden. 
mm. what yeah. you know what the what we enjoy in Eden. Mm. If you look at it, that the same way that you are to enjoy all the things that God has given unto you based on Christ's longevity, mm -hmm. the same way that you are to enjoy uh, prosperity, peace, and all that that Christ has brought, is the same way that we, we commit yeah. to doing these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the scripture is clear. I think it's Colossians 2, 6. It said, just as you have received Christ, also so walk in him. Walk in him, yes. We receive him by faith. And somewhere in our, even our scripture today, we get there. He said, uh, uh, walk with him. We have to walk with him. We have to do things that pleases God. Mm -hmm. And the Bible made that clear in the book of Hebrew that without faith, you can't please God. Mm -hmm. We receive Christ by faith. What is faith? Taking God. God said, I need Jesus. I believe it. I receive it. I said, say this. I say it. That's faith. Uh -huh. Acting on what the, God said. So if God said this thought, this pattern of thinking is wrong, mm -hmm. if I that, I modify my pattern of mm -hmm. thinking. That's the only way we can walk with God. We don't argue with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Oh, yeah, but uh, you don't know what this person has done. No, 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 no. If the word of God says it is wrong, then it's wrong. And then ask for grace to apply myself to the new direction the Holy Spirit wants me to go. Mm. Christianity is easy. If we take God on account of his word, mm. instead of trying to rationalize and justify our negative low-life behavior, mm. I have been there. Oh, he adapted that way because of what this person did. But that's not what God said. Because you don't have to act that way because you are here. You could have reacted in a different way, in a godly way. And then God will have been glorified. An example is, the, is Moses. I keep thinking about that. Why God said Moses will not step into the promised land. He was judged differently. Than the Israelites. Even than Aaron. Yeah. And God told him. He said because you did not honor me. Before the people. He said because of that. You will not get there. I will show it to you. But you won't get there. Mm -hmm. That is an example of somebody. That has been raised to a higher level. Yes. Yes. If God was telling Moses. You should have known better. Okay. But God did not take. That's why I said we are without excuse. Yes. 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 We are without excuse. Mm -hmm. Because we are even higher now under this New Testament. Jesus has lifted us up. But yeah, so to know what is good, I like that, the, the way your trans, the translation puts it. You, there is an opportunity to do something good. And I refuse that I've brought myself below the stand. I'm living, acting way below where God has, the Spirit of God has put me. Like and I need to repent. You are an ego. You are now... Hanging around chicken. Looking for corn on the floor with chicken. Mm. Mm. I don't belong to their group. Mm. I might have started with them, but the awareness, the consciousness of who I am, an ego believer, means I swear up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we must now, on Sunday, I was leading us to pray that we will not fall below God's standard mm -hmm. for our life. Expectation. Expectation. Mm -hmm. There is an expectation, and it's a higher expectation. Um, um, again, for the most part, we always think when we're talking about God's expectation for us, we're always only thinking about the benefits. I mean, this is for our own good. Yeah, yeah. Even what he's talking mm -hmm. about here mm -hmm. is for our own good. But we're always looking at the, oh, the money. No. 
no, God expects me to be rich, so I will not fall below his expectation for, oh. for that. God expects me <laughs> to have children. I will not fall below his importance. To God than the benefits. Than, than those things. That That's why I, I saw it in some of my studies that God is more interested in my person than in what I do for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a pastor, but God is more interested in Adeyemi mm -hmm. than Pastor Adeyemi. Because at times we think, if I'm just running around, I'm pleasing God. No, my relationship with him, mm. the quality of my response to that work with him mm -hmm. is more important to him than what I do for him. And the work. The work. Mm. We can't replace our relationship with work. Mm. 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 The relationship makes us, should, make, should motivate us to work for him. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. So, I love God, I appreciate, and I have understanding of what he has done, the, the higher life that he has brought me into. That moves me to begin to, that's why Paul said, a bond servant mm -hmm. of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because he saw what Christ has done. Mm -hmm. He said, no, I will live for him. He said, I don't want to know any other person except Christ crucified. Mm -hmm. It's a conscious decision to live for Christ based on what he has done. He died for me. Mm -hmm. So I should live for him as in response. So, hey, listen. What we are saying to and is New Testament uh, Christianity is a higher call. But it's a higher call that is easy to do if we take the account of the word of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide us and to empower us and just yield to him. That's why the Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons, not the babies of God. Mm. A lot of us, are, we, are, we have remained babies. I deal with a lot of babies. All they want is, I want candy. One of them will even tell me to follow her to, my, <laughs> your, to your office to go and give her candy. That's a baby for you. Mm -hmm. And you are saying, no, no candy. Say, no, I want candy, I want candy. But God wants us to grow up from babyhood and mature in spirituality. And to do that, we have to learn to live according to the standard of God. Mm -hmm. That is the only way we, our, uh, uh, the formation of the godly character in us. Like you said, not the bread and butter. Mm -hmm. The godly character, the formation that we resemble the Christ that the world will see. So that Satan will say, oh, Christ I know, Paul I know, and Pastor Jeremy I know. Mm -hmm. Not because of what I do as a pastor, but because of my work and standard of living. Know his standard yeah. without, without going in, into his word. Yes. There's no way we can resemble him without going into the word because that is where yeah. he is. Yeah. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter yeah. 3, verse 18, yeah. that says that the more that we look into the word, word of God, God. Yeah. We, 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 we are changed yeah. and we begin to be transformed yeah. into, into the same image. From glory to there is glory. no way you can be transformed into the image of God without looking into, into the, the perfect word. mirror. Mm -hmm. the, the word of God is what reveals God. And he said the spirit in the world will begin to change us. You change this, modify this. Oh, don't speak like that anymore. Do this. And then we begin to yield. That's why we say we are working progress. This is good. This is... now. I have come to learn from Brother Copeland to read the Bible uh, not as something to justify what I'm doing, but as something to bring me up. Yeah. 
to live by. Yes. So, Lord, what, what do you want to show me here that will make me look more like you, mm. act more like you? So, I'm always looking for things to live by, mm. not things to justify the babyhood level that I want to remain. Mm. I'm not looking to justify myself. I'm looking to be more like God. Mm. Paul said, I want, I, I want to capture him. He wants to get out of Paul. He wants to become Jesus. Mm. That is a higher call. I said, we know that God's judgment falls upon those who practice these things. So, there is a judgment of God. Mm. God is a loving father. But sooner than later, he will judge unrighteousness. Mm. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for two things. He will take away those that have received him. We will go and get our reward. Those that have said no to him, they are going to be judged mm. Mm. and have their part with, with Satan. So, but for us that are listening, that have received Jesus, our rewards are going to that's so the judgment we are going to face. We have died, we have died all the dying we will do, but we will not receive the same. There is no socialism in heaven. It's just, oh, this, all the houses look like each other, the mansion. Jesus didn't tell us they look like like. You know, it said each one will receive reward for what he has done in the body. It's not talking of this body. Talking about in the body of Christ. What have I done to advance God's agenda? How have I responded to the leading of his spirit? How have I helped other believers to stand strong? Not to tear them down. Not to put out what they have done wrong out there mm. and we mock and criticize them. Because that's quick. No, now, I learned if, if today they said Canadian uh, government is aware of a Canadian soldier that died in the Second World War, they know where the bones are. Do you know that immediately they are going to go get that bones mm. and bring it and do ceremonial burial for that? Mm. Military don't leave their wounded behind. Mm. Mm. They take the dead bodies home. It's only in the army of Christ that we leave the wounded behind and leave the dead there. Mm. No. In the, in the natural military, they bring them home. They send military plane to bring them home. We should learn to bring those Christians that have been wounded, bring them home, nurse them so that they can be healed and go on fighting for the Lord. Amen. That is our job. And that's not only pastors, it should be the assignment of every believer. Every believer. Hmm. How to watch out for each other. Because we belong to the same group. And when one of us is wounded, we are all suffering. Hmm. Hallelujah. So, no matter, so he said, uh, God's judgment will fall upon those who practice these things. God is always right. That is, we can even stop there. Because uh, he said, because he has all the facts. And we were talking about this. When I judge, and that's why it is very, it's not advisable to condemn others. Three sides to a story. Tell us again. <laughs> there's always three sides to a story. If you and I are having an argument, mm -hmm. now we're talking, there's always three sides. Your to side, it, my side. And the truth. Okay. <laughs> God is the truth. The exact, because we, you don't have all the facts. Yeah. I don't have all the facts. God has all the yeah. facts. Because I can't read. I don't know your motives. Mm -hmm. I can only judge your actions. But God can see my motive. Mm -hmm. He can see your motive. Yes. And yes. he has all the facts. Yes. Even yes. things you have done that you are not aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, 
the ones I've said I'm not aware of. And that's why he has called, God is the one that should be there. The Bible said there is one lawgiver and there is, there is one, judge. one judge. Only God. Mm. So we must wake up to this that no matter what we read in the social media, mm. you still don't have all the facts. Oh, I know why that lady is doing that. You don't have all the facts. No. There's something you don't know. You don't always, know. always something you don't know. God is always right. When he says his judgment is going to fall, somebody asked me years ago, he said, why will a good God ask them to kill babies? The Philistine babies and all that. Why would a good God? I said, he's God of love. I said, well, God must have his reasons. I didn't have an answer then. I said, but there must be a reason. Why? Because God is... Years after, God gave me the answer. Hmm. He said, because to stop their wickedness. Because those kids have been raising wickedness. Hmm. And so to stop that from polluting other people, God will have to terminate that. So anything God is doing or has said to us to do is born out of his love. And because he loves us, now, I came to this crude conclusion that I can't add anything to God. That is the truth. It's a, it's a stark revelation, it's crude revelation to me <laughs> that God is God, is all-sufficient. Yes, he doesn't need me to be God. Mm. So, and he's not looking to get something from me. That helped me. Because at times when you are talking, oh, let's sow seed. Oh, let's say, oh, wow, we always give it. God needs it. God doesn't need. It's for me. We are supporting God. No, no, no. God does not need our support. He told in Psalm 50 or something. He said, I own the cattle on a thousand. I made them. If I'm hungry, I will not come to your door. But when God comes knocking, and say, son or daughter, I give me this. It's for your own good. It's for my own good. Yes, sir. That's the way to look at God and his relationship. Mm-hmm. God does that. Yes. If God tells me to give this away. There's something he's you, trying to get to you. I may not see it because he has all the facts. I don't have all the facts. Yeah. So if, I quick, if I'm quick to obey him, then I will be quick to get what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. Because I've seen people say, why, why is God always asking me to give? Yeah, because he wants to, to keep increasing you. He wants to settle the future. God don't need. No, he said the silver is mine, the gold is mine. Whatever money I have in my bank account today, he made it possible for me to have it. Hmm. I remember when God told us to leave America and move yeah, here. Yeah. We didn't have the facts. Yeah. We didn't even know. It looks as if it was crude. Yeah. It this having God thing is, oh my it goodness. Looked at, it looked as if, you know, God was just so bad. I mean, how can you just pack up and leave everything and after you've settled down to yeah. the American Now you begin life? to understand what happened with Abraham. When he said, leave everybody and leave. Get out. And it didn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. But he has all the facts. Yeah. But look at Abraham years later. Abraham owns everything. And I think that what helped us was believing God. Mm-hmm. That you know what? You have all the facts. If you are sending us to this nation, there is something. There's something you want us to do. We weren't even thinking about what he would give to us yeah. by coming to this nation. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's just unfolding yeah. now, yeah. you know, 12, 12 years later. Yeah. It's now unfolding 
what he is doing through us and what he is doing for, for us. That's, that's very, very... Now, in, 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 <clears throat> in seeking his counsel that time, I know I took two weeks. And that's why, that was when he gave me uh, Romans. Romans chapter 10, 14 to Adam mm. uh, watch that. Uh, and it made it clear. I said, um, there are people that I'm bringing to Canada. Mm -hmm. And your voice is what I want to use for them, mm. to reveal myself to them. To them. He didn't say they are going to give you anything. Mm -mm. But because we saw it, like you said, as an opportunity to be used by God mm -hmm. to reach out to his people. Mm -hmm. So, and then we trusted him. If we bought a house and he said, give it up, sell it off. You are going to lose money, but give it up, go. Mm -hmm. Leave your job, good paying job, and leave it and go. I need you. Mm -hmm. It takes trusting God mm -hmm. and willingness to be used of him in whichever shape or form he wants to. Mm -hmm. Even though we don't know, like Abraham, he said he left, not knowing where he was going. Yes, yes. What awaits him, he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So it takes a trust. to say, okay, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to, in any shape or form. But there are always two, two directions. If you yield yourself to be used by God, God is not a user. He will, whatever he asks you to give up, he will read. That's why Mark chapter 10, verse 29, to verse 30. I never forget since our brother uh, Bill Winston pointed that out to me. He said, whoever left anything, Jesus speaking, looking at the disciples, and he told them, Peter, all of them, they left their family, they left their profession. He said, you have given up anything for me or for the gospel. He said, in this life, you will read hundredfold. Yes. And yes. then in the life to come, eternal life. Yes, yes. I never forget that, that passage. And this is God's emo. So it's easier to trust God and serve him. Now, Pastor, you're talking about trust, trusting God. And I think for for you and I to get to that level, to think that way, because it's not everyone that will think that way, it comes from a place of having a relationship as well. Because you can't trust someone. Somebody you don't know. You don't know them. Uh -huh. You don't, you have you don't to know, know people yeah. without a relationship, yes. without going Everything still goes back to, to the, word of, the word of God. Yes. If you did not know about that Mark chapter 10 that you were talking about, you'll be like, okay, God, what's in it for me? You know, but God has already spoken what's in it for you. 